Oh, what fresh hell is this? This is the Cigar Tipsters Podcast. Welcome to episode six of the Cigar Tipsters show. Mark and Mark here with you. I am down in Gunnersville, Alabama. Senior, where are you located at tonight? Um, in Memphis, Tennessee tonight. Memphis, Tennessee. What kind of cigar you got there with you? <clears throat> I've got the La Reloba. It uh, falls under the uh, My Father's Umbrella. Actually, the brand is actually owned by the Garcia family. Getting started with it, we'll see how it works out. And I've got the King's Cigars Condi. And I'll get into more of the specifics on that here in just a few minutes. But before we do that, let's bring in everybody's favorite personality, Minnesota's own Kirk. Hey, yo. Hey, guys. Uh, coming at you from the wonderful Elk River, Minnesota today. What you smoking tonight, Kirk? I've grabbed the, the new release by Alec Bradley. It's the Family Blend, The Lineage. So it's a slight modification off their uh, their old family blend, and we'll talk about that a little bit more later on. Sounds good. Uh, to get the show off, I read a story a couple of days ago about former President Bill Clinton smoking $1,000 cigars. Uh, these cigars happen to be made by Gurkha, and apparently President Clinton is a very big fan of these. My question that I want to pose to you guys, as we sit here and we think about $1,000 cigars... If you had the money, would you smoke it? Oh, well, if I had the money, if, if money was not an issue at all, I'd absolutely give it a shot. Absolutely. Just because who doesn't want to say that they lit something on fire that cost $1,000? <laughs> now, would you see yourself becoming a snob and only smoking $1,000 cigars, or would you gravitate back towards uh, some of your more reasonably priced favorites? So I've got the I've got a counter challenge here for Gurkha because I'm, I'm going to say right now that no cigar is worth a thousand dollars, and if Gurkha wants to prove me wrong, they can send me a sample to shut me up. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to echo what Kirk said there. I uh, I don't think there is a thousand dollar cigar out there, but from what I understand, Gurkha has a waiting list for these things. They make uh, is it. If I'm not mistaken, help me out here, Kirk. Uh, 800 boxes a year of these? Yeah, I'm not sure about the, the count that they make, but what I do know that makes them so difficult to make is that they're apparently infused with some of Henry XVI's special cognac or something down those lines. So it has less to do with the tobacco and more to do with the fact that it's dipped in 400-year-old cognac. I, I want to elaborate on something I said earlier. There are probably cigars out there that are worth $1,000. And what I'm talking about are pre-embargo Cuban cigars rolled from 1960 Cuban tobacco and aged in perfect humidors for 50-some years. Those are probably worth it because I guarantee there are less than, you know, a few hundred of those left on this planet. And once they're gone, they're gone. But there is no way that a cigar rolled today, I don't care if you dip it in gold, is worth $1,000 to me. I want to talk a little bit about this uh, King's Cigar Condi that I'm smoking right now. 
This particular cigar features a Mexican San Andreas wrapper, which is a personal favorite of mine and a big hit in the industry right now. Binder and filler are both Nicaraguan. This is... King's sells it as medium full. I'm thinking it's closer to full. It's a very dark, very rich, uh, heavy cigar. It's Thankfully, I've eaten something tonight, or it'd probably uh, get to my stomach before it was over with. But so far, the the burn and the draw are excellent. Uh, Definitely a spicy uh, cigar here. Just to play the segue game, we conducted an interview with a representative from King Cigars at Chattanooga Tweet Up. So what I want to do right now is play for you that interview. Uh, Hello, everyone. It's Mark Sr. with Cigar Tipsters here at uh, Chattanooga Tweet Up 2014, having an absolutely wonderful time. I've uh, got the opportunity to talk to Pete, and the last name skips me. Tyndale. Tyndale. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you all know, I'm horrible with names. But he was kind enough to grace us with a few minutes of his time. He is with King's Cigars, and I'm going to just kind of turn it over to him, let him tell us a little about the company and the lines that they've got out right now. All right, well, thank you, Mark. Um, basically, our company is about four years old. Uh, we've been around... Um, making cigars, but we didn't release our first cigar until about a year and a half ago at IPCPR. Uh, There we had a big hit uh, with our Connecticut. Our Connecticut is called the Baron. We call it a wolf in sheep's clothing. Uh, It's it's an unusual Connecticut for the mere fact is that usually when you have a Connecticut, it's a mild flavor cigar, but we did the complete opposite. What we did was give you a cigar that's going to have a little bit more medium, medium plus power, but great aroma, great flavor. You're going to get some hints of uh, caramel, a lot of vanilla, um, a lot of creaminess in it. And with all our sig- the signature for all our cigars is that you're going to get a nice flavor, good aroma, and a good complexity of a cigar. We like to pair our cigars with, with food and, and beverages. For instance, the Connecticut, great cigar, morning cigar with coffee, anything that has cocoa, uh, in it, your, your palate's just going to explode. It's going to say, oh my God, Mark, finally, you're smoking something that I'm enjoying. Um, we have, uh, for your afternoon, we have our San Andres Mexican Mindoro, which is our, our Conde. Everything in our line is about royalty. You have the Conde, which is the Count in Spanish. The Baron, which is the Baron. Um, and that one is sort of good, good for if you like a cognac or, or, or something like, uh, or, or scotch. And then you have also um, our, our Habano, which is our 6x64 soft box press uh, Ecuadorian wrapper. Um, that one, you're going to get, a, again, a little creaminess. On all our cigars, you're never going to be bored. Just like how I'm talking. You see how I got your interest, Mark? Oh, how I got your interest, absolutely. right? You're just going to keep your interest because what's happening is that your palate's going to go on a roller coaster ride of flavor and power, depending on which stick you, you have from us. Now, if you like a full body cigar, we have our what you're smoking right now, which I'm going to let you talk about it. How y'all like that? Which is our our broadleaf. It's our King of Kings broadleaf. We just released it this year at IPCPR, and I'm going to let you tell me what you're getting out of that. Okay, I'm smoking the Pennsylvania broadleaf and really enjoying the cigar. I'm getting a lot of flavors, some complexity, and the one thing I noticed, I'm about two thirds through the cigar at this point. It's not. Uh, it's not a trick, one trick pony by any means. You get uh, a lot of hits up. <laughs> That's the sound effects. <laughs> you, you get the uh, the spice, the coffee, 
but then you, I'm getting some little hints of a sweetness on the back end, and they kind of filter back and forth of which is kind of the star of the show through the course of the cigar. And me personally, I like that. Do you get it? Are you getting a lot of power too? Uh, I'm. Well, you gotta understand. I've smoked for probably 25 plus years. Okay. So, okay. So, but now I would still say this is uh, medium full. Yes. Uh, yes, you got same it. Same with the strength and the flavors. And, and I'm more of the flavor guy. I like the full flavor. I don't really care for so much the full strength. It's just gonna knock my head off. That's with that's what we don't like. Matter of fact, one of the signature with all our cigars is flavor, uh, complexity of different uh, aromas, and also in construction. Uh, one of the things that we do in construction is we, in, instead of folding or crimping our leaves, our tobacco, what we do is accordion style. So you're going to get a good flow of air when yeah, you're smoking. Your draw is excellent. Your draw is all, and matter of fact, when you smoke that Habano, that 6x64, the draw on that is m smoother than the Robusto that you're smoking right now. Also, with this as well, do you like uh, a bourbon? Uh, cognac? Occasionally. Occasionally cognac? Wine? Wine, no, I do like some wine. Try that. I'm going to give you one, another one. Try it with a red wine. Oh, okay. if you, Especially if it's a port. It's going to, again, we uh, like... Oh, uh, so there you go. We, we, we like pairing. We, we, we want, when we say Kings, Kings is not just a name of a cigar company. It's, it's a lifestyle. Kings, they, they enjoy eating, drinking, having fellowship with other people that are, are enjoying life. And that's why we like to pair our cigars with food and, and beverages, just to get, keep the palate excited. Right. And that's what we're all looking for with the cigars, is that opportunity to really kick back, relax, yes. and enjoy. And I'm getting a really good balance of flavor and strength out of uh, this Pennsylvania product. Thank you. Excellent job on this Thank cigar. you. I appreciate it. Uh, another signature for all of our cigars is that you'll never have a bad aftertaste in the back of your palate. So you can go home and say, hey, baby, come give daddy a kiss. And she's not going to go, oh, my God, you've been smoking cigars all day long. She's going to go, oh, give me that kiss, King. <laughs> well, where can our listeners find these uh, great cigars? Um, well, uh, right now, again, we're a new company, so we're, we're still broadening our, 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 our kingdoms. <laughs> we're trying to get in our different kingdoms around the country. So if uh, you go onto our website, it's kings, that's plural, kingscigars.com, and go to uh, store locator. And you click on that. You can put in. You can either look on the map, and you'll see the the different pinpoints of where the stores that we're in are located, or you can simply put in your zip code, and it'll pop up the stores that are close by you. And if it's not in your area, uh, please reach out to us on contact us, and we'll send you um, uh, your local. We'll send your local store a sample pack so that they can, you know, review the cigar and hopefully you can push them to get the cigar into their into your local store. Well, excellent. Well, I definitely encourage anybody <coughs> that uh, has an opportunity, if you're in your local brick and mortar and you see a King's cigar, well worth something to, to give a try. Pete, is there anything else that you'd like our listeners to know about uh, King Cigars? No, nothing else, but uh, what we our new slogan for this year is taste the royalty we just want any we just want everyone to, to gra grab our cigar and give us a try 
and um, you will not be disappointed. Mark, are you disappointed? While, no, absolutely. While I'm holding this thing to your neck, are you disappointed, Mark? Okay, if you'll remove the gun from my neck, I'll be disappointed. <laughs> no, all jokes aside, it, it is an excellent smoke, and I'm looking forward to some of the other lines that they've got and um, or other types that they've got in that Connecticut especially. going to give that a try. One morning with a cup of coffee. Pete, just like to thank you for taking a few minutes here on Cigar Tipster to talk to us. Oh, thank you. Thank, thank you, you very much. And big up to Cigar Tipsters. <laughs> They're the kings. All right, guys, we're back. Hope you enjoyed the interview there with King Cigars from Chattanooga Tweet Up. Senior, you conducted that interview. You got any uh, insights you want to add to that? Uh, it was a fun interview. Uh, Pete is one of those guys that when he walks in a room, everybody knows he's there. I think you could walk into Mortician's Convention and uh, have those guys rolling in the aisles in a few minutes. I uh, was also uh, fortunate enough, I met Paul uh, Dominguez. Uh, he's the rep out of Chattanooga area, and I guess we'll be covering Alabama and some of the southern states as well. Super nice guy. Actually used to work for Burns before going to work for the guys there at Kings. Uh, also had a brief opportunity to meet Anwar. And I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce his last name, but I will get a correct pronunciation and come back to that on another podcast. Uh, He's actually the CEO. But they were real super nice guys, uh, new to the industry. They uh, just got their first cigar out about a year and a half ago, and now they've got uh, four different ones. I've had a chance to smoke a couple of them, uh, the Baron that uh, they speak of is another one of these new-style Connecticut cigars. Uh, it's coming out. They, they call theirs a wolf in sheep's clothing, and it comes out a lot of flavor, uh, a lot of complexity uh, in a Connecticut shade wrapper. You know, you get a chance, uh, give those a try. I know those guys were very generous with us, and uh, we'll have some giveaways coming, I think, in September. We've got cigars, and we've got a few decks of uh, King's very own playing cards and a, a few pieces of other swag that will be mixed in. Uh, so be sure to get in on those, and maybe you'll be lucky in one of those prize packs. And speaking of the King cigar, I just want to take a second to speak on the Condi. It is uh, pretty spicy, nice red pepper-type flavor, but it has a an earthiness that I would relate somewhat to a panacea if you've ever had the opportunity to smoke one of those. So it is a very interesting combination. Kirk, how's that cigar working for you over there? It's nice. I'm uh, I'm enjoying this. You know, I was a huge fan of the original Family Blood that came out in 2009, so five years ago. And uh, the difference here now is that the lineage has a different binder. The lineage is using all Honduran and Nicaraguan tobacco. And the, the original family blend used an Indonesian binder. So one of the things that I'm picking up here is just kind of a nice meatiness. Um, no sweetness or anything coming through, maybe a little bit of coffee. But it's really smooth. I'm, in, I'm enjoying it. Uh, and it's actually funny. I, uh, I wasn't paying attention, and I went to just go flick my ash. I got like an inch here of ash, and I went to flick it, and it held on. So I mean, this 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 cigar is built well, uh, very good so far. All right, I'm going to derail slightly with a different topic because last night I smoked my very first 
true Cuban cigar. And I was talking to Senior just a little bit about this yesterday. Burn and draw, absolutely fantastic. But flavor-wise, there are so many excellent cigars that feature tobacco from Nicaragua, Honduras, the Dominican Republic, Mexico. Flavor-wise, most of the cigars that I smoke on a daily basis blow the Cuban away. Uh, have either of you had any experience with true Cuban cigars? I kind of go along with what you're saying there. The the ones that I've had, now I have had a couple of excellent Cuban cigars, but I think it's more because somebody tells me I can't have it is why I've got to have it, you know, or I want it. Uh, and I think that's more the allure to them than, than the actual cigar itself. Yeah, I'm, I'm with the... Uh, with- with senior on this one i've had some fantastic cubans like the monte cristo open eagle was amazing uh, i'd smoke that any day of the week but i've also had some middle of the road ones that you know someone tells me they're cuban that they're special that they paid 20 bucks for them yada 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 who cares they smoke like crap and they don't taste any better than a bottom shelf four dollar cigar you know it all comes down to what tobaccos were used if they've been taken care of if they've been aged or handled properly uh you can take them or leave them. Um, I'm with Senior on this one. That uh, it, it really comes down to. Sorry, I lost my thought. What did Senior say? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're asking me to repeat it. Uh, rewind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, sorry, my point is, if there's good ones and bad ones. You know, uh, I've had Nicaraguans um, that are way better than a Cuban. I've had Cubans that are way better than Nicaraguans. It all comes down to the specific cigar. Absolutely, and I won't mention exactly where I procured this Cuban cigar to protect the identities of all people involved in the <laughs> smuggling operation. But um, good times. I, I have one more sitting in the humidor and waiting for a, a special occasion to break that one out, but we'll see how that goes when, when the day comes. I'm sure you'll hear about it when I do smoke it. Is it a brand you recognize at all? Uh... Yeah, the one I have right now that's still in the humidor is an H. Upman. I'm not sure of the exact name of it. Okay. I'd have to get the tube out, but it is an H. Upman. And the one I had last night was a Trinidad. I want to take a brief second to mention that on September 5th, 2014, Patriot Cigars will be hosting Bike Night which will feature vicarious cigars, uh, some wonderful cigars. Those guys will be in-house. And we just added to the event this week Mark Hall, author of Cigar Blueprint. He's going to be in-house signing copies of the book. So if you're anywhere around the area, want to bring down your bike and enter it in the show, please do so. Or if you're just a cigar lover, this is an event that you're not going to want to miss because vicarious is great and you'll have an opportunity to get your hands on Cigar Blueprint. Sounds like an awesome time. All right, I read today that Macanudo is getting ready to release a new cigar called the Macanudo Estate Reserve. It's going to come out in October. It's going to have a 10-year-old Connecticut wrapper, Mexican binder, but here's the kicker, Jamaican filler. Now, Macanudo used to work a lot with Jamaican filler in the past, but I believe it's been a couple of decades since they actually had one that featured Jamaican tobacco, so they're bringing that back. Uh, have either of you smoked anything with Jamaican tobacco in the past, and what's your feelings on these guys trying to bring in something different? I'm all for it. You know, as a cigar connoisseur, give me something new, give me something I haven't tried before. 
Uh, just just to elaborate, Junior, on the uh, the past is I believe Macamuto actually used to be headquartered on Jamaica, and uh, I think it was due to unfavorable conditions there, bad climate or unreliable yields or tobacco mold or whatever it was, they ended up moving over to Dominican Republic, and that's where they've been for quite a while. But I don't think in our lifetimes they've been making cigars using Jamaican tobacco. I might be wrong about that. Uh, I can't remember any off the top of my head. Uh, like I told you earlier, I would have expected the uh, tobacco to not have been the uh, main crop of uh, Jamaica by any means. <laughs> but you did uh, also mention a, uh, a binder from Mexico. I mean, yes. <clears throat> that's something else that's come on scene, uh, I'll say, in the last few years. Before, you didn't hear anything about Mexican tobacco. Yeah, you know, the, you know Mexican San Andreas wrappers have become one of the most popular things in the industry right now. Uh, speaking of that, the uh, Lor Reloba, when it was released uh, back in 2010, uh, it was released in a Habano, a Sumatra, and a uh, Selección Mexico. And it featured the San Andreas wrapper. <clears throat> While we were in Chattanooga at the Tweet Up, we also had the opportunity to sit down with Nate McCorkle, who reps for Veritas Cigars, who have the Torch line, which you may remember I was smoking the Connecticut version of that in Episode 5. But we had an opportunity to sit down and talk with him, so here is that interview. All right, guys, we're sitting here with Nate McCorkle, who represents Veritas Cigars. How are you doing today? Good. How are you guys? Uh, doing great. Nate is up here with us, uh, part of uh, Chattanooga Tweet Up 2014. During the festivities, he handed me a torch cigar from Veritas with a Habano wrapper that I got to try last night. Uh, I have to say, that one was quite good. Uh, very tasty. Large cigar, but not overwhelming by any means. Got any uh, insights on that, or the whole line for that matter? Yeah, I guess first off, I'd just tell you that uh, you know Veritas is based out of uh, Delaware, um, out of Wilmington, Delaware, actually. Uh, the Torch line uh, has been out for about a year now, and it's got three different types of uh, wrappers and blends, the Connecticut, the Habano, and the Maduro. Uh, you were mentioning the Habano, which is probably one of my faves as well. You know, that one is uh, going to be a, a medium to full-bodied cigar with a ton of flavor. Yeah, so anyways, yeah, the uh, that's kind of the, the Torch lineup, and... Um, you know, we're just trying to get down here uh, in the south and kind of really uh, get some traction and promote the brand and everything. You know, the brand, you know, being that it's out of Delaware, has a lot of uh, has had a lot of success in the um, New England states and then, of course, on the East Coast. But uh, we're really trying to kind of get it down here into the southern states, the Carolinas, Georgia, Alabama, et cetera. So. Absolutely. And you guys also have a new cigar that's getting ready to come out. Uh, tagline, it's big, it's bad, it's bold, the 412. What kind of idea can you give us on that one? Well, the 412 actually is uh, has just been released at the IPCPR uh, 2014 here. Um, and what it is, the 412 actually pays homage to the area code where uh, one of the owners, Chris Weber, was uh, born and raised. Uh, that's the area code there in Pennsylvania. So um, kind of like a shout-out to, you know, his home where he was raised and born, you know, giving him some love, you know. But uh, as far as the cigar itself, it's going to have a, uh, you know, the Pennsylvania Broadleaf Maduro wrapper. It's going to be just like it says, big, bad, and bold. 
Uh, it got some great reviews at the IPCPR. Should be getting my samples here probably in the next week or so, and I can't wait, man. I'm excited. So it looks like you can eat it from the picture. You know, that's how good it looks. So absolutely, it looks like a bar of chocolate. From, yes, from the photos. But anyways, yeah, that's in uh, the 412, and then also two finally. Uh, we've uh, we've also got the um, actual Veritas. It's called the Veritas cigar coming out, which will be um, six by fifty-two cigar, and that'll be kind of our, our workhorse. You know, it's going to be about a six-dollar cigar retail. We, we plan to get a lot of action out of that, so we're, we're pretty excited. So besides the torch, you know, lineup, the four one two and then the Veritas will, will be hitting the shelves here real soon, and uh, you know, we're real excited about it. Any last words? Grab a torch and join the riot. Not, not a bad uh, tagline there. <laughs> I want to thank uh, Nate for sitting here talking with us for a few minutes and get out there and try some Veritas cigars. Thank you, guys. All right, that was our interview with Nate McCorkle representing Veritas cigars. Get out there and try their torch line. It comes in a Connecticut, a Habano, and a Maduro. I've had the opportunity to try all three, and they're all quite good. So make sure you get out there to your local tobacconist and request that they get some Veritas cigars. All right, Senior, how's that uh, smoke working for you over there? Uh, it's working pretty good. The burn construction uh, are exceptional, which, again, my father's, you'd expect nothing less. Getting some cedary notes, a uh, little bit of spice, some coffee on the back of the palate, but it is, it is a little heavy. It does kind of coat the palate. Uh, definitely have to have something to kind of cleanse it along the way there. But just a, a couple of notes about the La Reloba line. It was it was introduced basically to answer the market's demand for a value-priced premium cigar. Uh, it's in the seven to eight eight fifty range now, and like I said before, it came out originally with uh, the uh, three. It came out originally when the uh, three wrappers, the Albano, the Sumatra, and the uh, San Andreas, and the Sumatra was actually number 20 uh, in Cigar Affectionado's uh, top 25 of 2011. It come out of the Esteli uh, Nicaragua factory, which at that time tied them with uh, the Fuente plant uh, for the most uh, top 25 cigars. And I know uh, my father's also had the number one cigar in 2012, and I think number 19 in uh, 2013. So that may have actually put them ahead. Definitely a, a good smoke. Uh, this one, I, I'd definitely smoke it again. I, I would say the same thing about the Condi. It's, it's definitely a heavy cigar, so be sure you're ready for that when you pick it up. But it is a nice mix of pepper and an earthy almost an earthy sweetness it's, it's very good burn and draw have been excellent i've had no problems there haven't had to touch it up or relight it definitely happy with how this cigar is performing yeah i've got nothing but good things to say about this uh, alec bradley it's been a while since i've tried one but i'm getting a nice sweetness on this uh, i'm hesitant to say the word because it's kind of fruity but the caramel there's a little bit of a tanginess, maybe similar to a sour apple. I don't know what it is. Something just very faint on the finish. There's a little bit of bitterness, similar to like a roasted coffee, but it's not overpowering, so it's not uh, unpleasant by any means. Very smooth on the draw. 
Uh, most of the flavor is coming in on the XL. Okay, guys, you heard me mention Cigar Blueprint earlier in the show. It is a great reference guide and journal for cigar smokers. If you want more information on that, hit up www.cigarblueprint.com or facebook.com forward slash cigar blueprint. But I finished reading the book last night while I was smoking out here on the patio, and one of the sections I found interesting was the small section on humidor etiquette. Actually, if you pick up the book, I believe... I think you misspoke, actually. I think you meant to say that someone is reading the book to you, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I forgot to mention, I don't actually know how to read, so, yeah. <laughs> he reads pictures. I, I actually, I sent Kirk the book, and we, we got on Skype, and he read it to me, and I, yes. I, I lay there I and sucked my thumb. Alabama. <laughs> they don't teach us that kind of stuff around here. Yeah. But anyway, uh, if you pick up the book, page 44 is all about humidor etiquette. So some of the things that Mark pointed out in the book about humidor etiquette is, first and foremost, no lit cigars in the humidor. This is a no-no that people often don't realize because when you're smoking a cigar and the smoke's coming around, it can affect the flavor of other cigars especially if they're not wrapped in plastic, and some of them aren't. Uh, Another thing he mentioned is if you want to sniff the cigar, get a pre-light draw on it, do it from the foot. Don't do it from the top where people are eventually going to put their mouths, and please do not rub it on your nose or anywhere else on your body for that matter. And, oh, that's the worst. <laughs> and, and another thing, just this is not necessarily humidor etiquette, but if you are going to use a shop's cutter, whatever cutter it might be, do not, for the love of God, do not lick the top of the cigar and then use the cutter. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that the... Oh, that is just... Trouble. That is, like, uh, the most disgusting thing ever. Yeah, I tell you what. That's why I kept a bottle of rubbing alcohol right next to the cutter at my cigar shop because that happened so much and I'm telling you people don't just get a little bit of saliva on there it's like bubbly up sticky saliva on the end of their cigar before they cut that thing it is disgusting well and and the problem is that came from back in the day where they didn't have good humidification and the cigars were a lot drier and stuff like that so people felt like at that point they had to moisten the cigar in to cut it Nowadays, with if I go into a cigar shop, especially a cigar shop with a humidor, I buy a cigar, I clip it, it breaks apart, I want another cigar. Because okay. with the humidity levels right and everything like it should be, should not be a problem. And points to Senior for having read the book, because what he just mentioned is actually in the book. <laughs> Did my homework. <laughs> and another small uh, blurb about humidor etiquette is that the consumer should never open a new box of cigars. That is for the shop owner or shop attendant to do. So, just a few things that can help you out when you're going into the humidor, especially if you're a first-time smoker, because it can be a little bit of a daunting thing to walk into a giant humidor with so many choices. So, just be cautious of what you're doing in the humidor and in the shop in general when you're using the shop's tools, be it cutters, lighters, whatever the case may be. All good points, Mark. Let me add one more in there for the humidor etiquette. You know, when you freshly open a box of cigars, sometimes they're packed in there rather tightly. A lot of people don't know that the manufacturers stick little pieces of ribbon 
or they'll even leave a piece of the cellophane pointed upwards so that people can easily grab that first cigar out of there without jamming their fingers in. Because what happens is people see the tightly packed cigars and they don't notice that there's a ribbon sticking out that they can pull to loosen one. So they just start jamming their fingers in there and before you know it, you're crushing two or three cigars or making a huge mess of things. You know, just slow down, look a little closer and you'll see there's, a, there's an easy way to get that first cigar out of there. Well, and okay. along that same lines, if you pick up a cigar... I'm sorry, I can't pass this up. Okay. So that, that's where, uh, uh, Kirk, that's where you got all those little bows that you used to wear in your hair. Absolutely. I mean, Oliva has some really pretty ones. Purple and the, the topaz and all those. Okay. Topaz? What the hell kind of color is topaz? <laughs> I don't know, it's just what it came out. I think it's actually kind of an off-green. I'll have to take your word for it on that one. But to, to go back to what I was going to say, if you're if you're going to pick up a cigar, look at it, feel it, smell it, whatever, and you don't want to buy it, put it back like you found it. Don't put it in there upside down. Don't put it in there sideways. Don't lay it on the shelf. For God's sakes, you're, well, you're, you have to be over a certain age to be in there anyway, so you should have the maturity to put things back like you found them. That's just an OCD rant from me on that one. All right, another topic I want to bring up tonight is aging cigars. I want to know, well, I know the answer to this in Senior's case. Senior does not age cigars. I age cigars for Senior because he can't have cigars around him and not smoke them. But I want to know, let's talk to Kirk about this for a second. Do you age cigars? And if you do, do you have anything in your humidor right now that's special that you've either had for a while or have just started aging so i am aging some cigars what i've attempted to do since i got heavy into cigars a few years ago was when the cigar aficionado top 25 is released i attempt to acquire a box full of their number one cigar of the year now some years it comes out as a cuban or whatever so then i'll grab the number two or number three the first one i can legally buy and I've been attempting to age those boxes for I don't know how long. But I've had, I started this back in 2011, so I have a box of Prensado. In 2012, I've got a box of the My Father, uh, Flor de las Antillas. And then last year, I've got a box of the Aging Room Quattro's. And what I'm hoping to do is hold on to them for, I don't know, I'd say at least another three years probably before I start smoking them. And the trick, Mark, or Junior, you touched on this, the trick is out of sight, out of mind. You know, put them somewhere safe in a properly humidified location in the bottom of your humidor and then just leave them alone. I like to label mine with a date uh, that also explains what they are in the case that, I don't know, I pass away or go senile or something like that. So somebody at least knows what they are and uh, I just leave them alone. I agree. We actually, now, a lot of the stuff I'm aging actually belongs to senior, but we have one particular humidor that is for just for aging. Uh, in, in it right now, there's a couple of Opus X's that probably have close to, if not more than a year on them, plus about, I don't know, probably a box and a half worth of Hoya de Nicaragua Cuatro Cinco's that are probably a year, year and a half, and fantastic Kirkus ride on that one. And I just added some Vicarious Blue Label to the Aging Humidor. So it'll be interesting to see in a year, two years, three years, however long they last, what the aging does for the cigars. 
Well, now, to defend my mentality on this, uh, my friend Jerry Garrett with Vicarious said it very well. What if a meteor hit the Earth tomorrow? Then I've got to spend all eternity wishing I would have smoked that cigar. <laughs> that, that's his mentality. I, I like it. He's a, he's a dessert first kind of guy, I can tell. <laughs> first, second, third course. <laughs> and I, I can honestly say Senior and I have had some luck with aging some stuff in the past. We had um, two of the Flor de las Antillas that Kirk was mentioning that we aged for year, year and a half. And when we finally sat down to smoke them, they were absolutely wonderful. It doesn't take, it doesn't take a long time to, to start noticing the benefits of aging. You know, a lot of the... A lot of the big cigar manufacturers, they do hold on to the cigars for a few months, typically before they put them in stores. But um, an extra three months, an extra six months, or a year, you start to notice differences. There are even some cigars that I had in my cigar shop that, for whatever reason, they didn't sell. So I had them for just naturally sitting on the shelf for a year or sometimes longer. And going back to those cigars after a year, you can start noticing them get considerably better now a question i'll throw out to you guys and kirk you might be the expert on this one is there a point that the trend starts to go the other way with this cigar for instance that it starts to lose some of the flavor and some of the complexity that it may have had can you overage one i guess is what i'm asking yeah you know so i don't have enough experience doing it to say for sure what happens in 20 years or 50 years, but this is what I've read. I've read that one, only some cigars really improve with age. You know, typically it takes a medium to full bodied cigar to, to really benefit from aging in terms of, you know, bolder flavors with less background noise so that the flavors really pop. The, the other thing I've read was that just like aging wine, you know, it's kind of a bell curve. Um, it'll get better, it'll get better, it'll get better. Now, typically, they don't start getting worse again, but from what I understand, they get that to that that 10 out of 10 score, they get as good as they can get, and then they kind of just hang out there. And maybe slowly over time, they'll start losing some of that potency, some of those bold flavors. But it's not like, if you properly humidify a cigar for 30 years, I don't think there's any risk of that being a bad cigar when you smoke it. It may, it may not be as good as it was when it was only aged for 20 years or 15 years, but it's not going to be bad. All right. Uh, you guys think I'm full of shit, don't you? <laughs> okay, we have all just went totally blind here. <laughs> Are you guys no, no, what it was, we were we were so just enthralled with your your expertise have, that we just... I have that effect. I am, I am wise beyond my years, that's We've, we've been talking and kicking around the San Andreas wrappers. Um, another cigar that has recently hit the market with the San Andreas wrapper is the Luchador by Sam Lucia. And and before I make any more comments, I'm a huge fan of Sam's. Uh, the Nubs, the Lucia Black, the Lucia White, uh, great cigars. But kind of like you had referred to uh, in our last podcast there, Kirk, about the Hoya Red, you, it didn't exactly do it for you. And Mark and I both have smoked the Luchador, and I, 
I'm looking to get my hands on another one because we want to both want to try it again because the ones we got came out of the same humidor, same box, everything like that. But just didn't get a whole lot out of it. Have you had an opportunity to try that one? I have not. I have not. It was. It, it started out bad for me because as soon as I cut it, it just filled my lap full of specks of tobacco and it was really the first time i'd ever experienced that so that sort of set the stage for a not great experience but they had it setting on a table so in all fairness it could have been an issue where it had been out there too long not properly humidified whatever the case may be so i agree with seniors definitely something to smoke a second time uh, probably purchased from a different store before I would make a a significant uh, rating on that one. Well, and I've I've read some reviews on it. I've listened to another podcast that reviewed it, and they raved about it. Like I say, I'd like to get my hands on another one. Just hadn't had the opportunity to find it yet. Yeah, the San Andreas wrappers. I mean, they they're really coming into their own. I think the uh, La Roma de Cuba Mi Amor by uh, Ashton. Not wait. Who's that by? That's another my father, isn't it? No, it's um the La Romas are. It's, it's under the Ashton umbrella, but it's probably a partnership with my father because I know the the Ashton, like the Ashton VSG that was rolled with the help of the Garcia family. So it's probably some of those ties that you see all the time in the cigar industry. Um, right. But that one's got the San Andreas wrapper, uh, Camacho or Room 101. They've got the Room 101 San Andreas. It's a really nice. Really nice cigar. I think uh, CAO uses a San Andreas on a few of their cigars. I mean, it's it's a popular uh, popular wrapper, and I think it's to me. I mean, you guys jump in too, but for me, it's got a unique flavor that I would describe typically as burnt marshmallow. Where it's, I know that's a little bit a little bit corny, but uh, the burnt marshmallow is kind of that hot sweet taste. Uh, really good though. Really good. I can definitely say it's one of my favorite wrappers for cigars. One of my top three favorite cigars in the entire world is the Gonzo. Of course, you've all heard me talk ad nauseum about that, but it features the Mexican San Andreas wrapper, and it is an excellent example of what that wrapper is capable of producing. One of my favorite wrappers is Eminem. Melts <laughs> <laughs> in your mouth, not in your hand. <laughs> Uh, who invited this asshole? <laughs> what Alabama accent and Alabamaisms you had picked up when you were down here? Because th- there are certain words that you say that just make you sound like such a Minnesotan. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so, somebody's got to class this thing up a little bit. Right. Otherwise, uh, it'd be a bunch of Forrest Gumps rating cigars. <laughs> I'm a little fast. offended by that. <laughs> I, I've been called much worse. As I get a little further into this King Cigars Condi, I'm uh, halfway, three quarters through with it. Uh, it's been very consistent. Uh, it's been very consistent. Burn and draw has been great. Flavors have been good. It, like I said, it's peppery. It's earthy. Not much outside of those two things. It's the peppery, earthy nature of it. It's just really good. It's an enjoyable smoke, and I definitely recommend you get out there and get one if you can find one in your local area. Kirk, how's that Alec Bradley working for you? Still really nice. Still really nice. It's smooth on the draw. 
kind of got that roasted coffee finish and some sweetness popping through. And I don't know if I mentioned it or not, but this is another good price point cigar. I think it retails from seven to nine dollars, depending on size. And it's a first for Alec Bradley. They're offering it in a 70 ring gauge, which I personally don't care for, but hey, if that's your thing, go try one. Now, is the one you're smoking tonight, is it a 70? No, no, this no. is just a... And Senior, what's your closing thoughts on whatever the hell that thing is you're smoking? <laughs> La Rialoba. Yeah, that word. <laughs> yeah, that one. Hey, I had to listen to it on the internet to make sure I got it right. Uh, it's a six and a quarter by 52. Each one of them, I think, came in four different Vitolas. I'm getting the wood, kind of a cedary finish, some coffee. I'm Like I say, I'm getting over a cold. Uh, some of the other reviews I'd looked at were saying they, they had some sweet notes and some different spices, but I'm not really picking up a lot of that. But I'm going to blame that more on the cold than the actual cigar. But it, it's been an enjoyable smoke and uh, would definitely uh, pick it up again. All right, guys, I want to thank you for downloading episode six of the podcast. Uh, you can find it on iTunes, Stitcher, all that stuff. Pretty much any podcasting app, you can search us and find us. I want to say thank you to King's Cigars for participating in the interview, as well as Nate from Veritas for talking to us. Both of those guys were very kind to us up at Tattanooga Tweet Up. Uh, just to throw out another quick shout to Mark Hall, www.cigarblueprint.com, to figure out where to get your hands on the book. And if you are anywhere near Huntsville, Alabama on September 5th, get down to Patriot Cigars for bike night, and Vicarious will be in the house, as will Mark Hall. Once again, thank you for joining us on the show. Thank you for downloading and supporting us. And we'll see you.